Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. This holiday week's got me screwed up. I swear to God, today was Thursday, even though it was Wednesday, but I feel like tomorrow's Friday, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, Yeah, I got, uh, everybody can see by now... If you follow like me on Instagram or some of my uploads, I don't know where half of my photos go. They go to like one of three accounts. Um, my shop updates are done. Uh, super excited. Got my fast hobbit. Uh, turns out my cases are broken. So like I uh, probably good. I don't ride that anymore this year. Um, I on the ears near the support lower end of the support of the hobbit cases. Both ears are hairline fracture and not like the casting fracture, like broken. So I got to decide if I want to tear that apart and just throw new cases or if I just want to TIG weld that up and call it good. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I, As I was getting ready for the show tonight, I see Treats is having their annual um, Thanksgiving sale, which means pretty much everybody else, Dose, uh, Denny's, all those guys are going to be having their Black Friday sale. So don't forget to go into a tremendous amount of debt and support the fine folks that make us be mopeders. Um, hold on a second. Sippy sip of coffee. Um, I'm really excited. Thanksgiving's rad, and it's gonna be 50 degrees in, on Saturday in Minnesota. So you damn right, I'm gonna get out and ride my moped. So I'm, that's um, I'm <laughs> I'm really excited to go ride mopeds. Uh, Chad Burke's Bill and Gather. I hope everybody checked out the preview show. I think it's gonna be a fun time. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited just to go there, see people, hang out. Uh help people work on their bikes like that's my main thing i'm gonna be there to help people powder coat and weld because i can do both about average uh yeah so my guest uh we have on here i've i had seen him on the internet or on the youtubes before i ever met him uh met him a few times at a rally here or there and got to spend a little time with him uh mosquito fleet we both kind of thought about getting a trial memberships at a YMCA. I mean, it was it was a magical time in Seattle, but um, I'll just have my guest introduce himself right now. You're being very modest about that YMCA membership timeline. Dude, I, um, I'm still, I've never seen a YMCA, an entire YMCA closed down for a child's birthday at 3 p.m. You know? on a Saturday. Somebody's got money. Um, we'll get into that later, maybe. Uh, my name is Andrew Brown. Um, I am a puddle cutter. I am formerly the captain of the cutters, and I'm now the secretary slash pencil pusher. Um, I've been into mopeds since probably about 2014, and uh, I now run my own uh, mechanic shop and deal with everybody else's problems. And really excited to be here, actually. Right on, Andrew. That's awesome. Uh, so we'll go through the spiel, you know, here on Second Chance Moped Podcast. We go through people's moped journey, i.e. the very first time they ever saw a moped to, like, the smile ride, mill part, and what it's like today. So, Andrew, let me ask you this. What is the very first time you ever remember seeing a moped? Not necessarily getting on, but, like, your first concrete memory of, I can conceptually know that was a moped. I actually have this question, this answer loaded up, and I just sent you a, a photo on Instagram of the first moped I ever saw. Awesome. So uh, I think that this is in, in D.C. in like 2014. 
I saw somebody on a V1 sort of chopper bike. They had mm-hmm. a, a stainless steel tank on there, uh, five star mags. They had like this old ass um, sort of like jammer type pipe on it, cafe racer style. And um, hell yeah, sneakers. dude. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just checking out this photo. It's, it's that bike still holds up today. Like it's not too trendy either. Like that's, yeah, that bike slaps. Looks great. So from that point, I was just like, oh shit, I got to get a moped, whatever this is. And uh, so, yeah, I got that moped, or I didn't get that moped. I saw that and that was the inspiration. Then I started to get on Craigslist and searching for bikes. And as everybody does, I decided I wanted the top tank. And it was either a general five star, like $1,500 with Hmm. a zebra print seat on it. (laughs) Or it was a Magnum MK that was way too expensive up in Seattle. And I went with the Magnum and it has been a, uh, just a downward trend ever since that (laughs) time. Right on. Was the Magnum uh, running at least? Yeah, the Magnum was running for, I'm outing myself here. I I spent $2,200 on it. Had no idea how much a moped was costing at that point, but it had all the go fast parts that you would think, you know, it had like the EBRs, it had the mags, it had a uh, MLM side bleed, the the Gila kit, the TM24. So you came in hot flat side. I came in real hot and I had zero understanding what the fuck I just got myself into. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the first bike. <laughs> and where were you living at this time? Because you said you saw it up in Seattle, you saw your first one and you saw your first moped in DP DC. Where were you living at? Um, I'm, I've lived in Portland for like probably the last 12 or 13 years. Okay. Um, I saw that DC bike on Reddit actually oh okay okay yeah and uh yeah i saw the craigslist post all the way up in seattle drove up there like the same week nice um, dude and brought it down i based i got like a rental truck a zip mm-hmm. car truck and uh convinced my uncle to go up there with me and bring that back down um so i'd been living in i've been living in portland sort of on basically basically like the east side but when i had gotten this i lived downtown in like sort of the center of uh portland in like a section eight like low-income housing and um the challenge with that for me was that i didn't have like a garage or anything Mm -hmm. and so i thought it would be a good idea to just park it on the sidewalk or like on the on the street you know normal Mm -hmm. parking um you get a little bike lock or something and um maybe a bike cover yeah and uh that would be great but I live next to a soccer stadium and after like the first game, I realized, Oh, this is a bad idea. And so I tried to upgrade a little bit by getting a, uh, a parking pass of like public parking in a, like one of those structures, Mm -hmm. like a month went by somebody stole the carburetor. Somebody just ripped the sucker off. Okay. And I'm like, okay, well that's not good. So at least, at least to... you had the bike still though. Like I'm just, I, I don't want to wreck your story. Like I'm envisioning no, the good. worst of the worst. It was, uh, it was very frustrating to, to realize that, you know, somebody could just take shit off your bike. Cause it's there, mm-hmm. you know, you got a Phillips head or some really good strength. You can just rip the, everything off of it. 
Um, they also took my Leatherman that was in the saddlebag. That was what I was most upset about. <laughs> okay. So then they I was probably like, okay. used the Leatherman to take your carburetor off. You they that? very well could have, you know. Yeah. So I realized, you know, public parking isn't for me. And I started to take it up four floors into my apartment room. Um, and the main entrance didn't like that. And so then I started pike parking it in a, uh, a bicycle locker next to the to the the spot that i live at and um yeah so the so parking and storage was just madness yeah. for the first couple of years and i want to give anybody who's ever hiked mopeds up flights of stairs because they lived in an apartment you i don't want to threaten anybody or like try to reward people with a beer because i'll go broke at any moped rally because everybody will come up and say jim i did that i'll buy me a beer yep. i just want to give you like gold stars like gold stars and a thumb was up and a boy because like that is awesome how dedicated people were um for mopeds like i'd already bought my house i already had a garage by the time i got mm-hmm. into mopeds so like i wasn't huffing them up and down flights of stairs just to ride them so like that dedication's awesome i love it it's good balancing too because you spend all your time pedaling to try and get the thing started and you get to work your arms lifting it up the stairs yeah yeah dude i hear you it's a great you know you could sell gym memberships and that could be like the new crossfit exercise crossfit okay (laughs) i'll take it yeah so you had that you're lugging it up and down stairs um what did finally become of all this i guess that's where we're at um, well, eventually I moved out of like a downtown and I went into like a neighborhood and I started to get like a basement access and I had sort of like, you know, some secure storage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get like your own space, that's like right connected to the road. Um, for me, I just kind of blew up and I started buying all the bikes that I could, you know, so nice. I got like two hobbits, two more pooks, you know, a V1, uh, a Yamaha DT, all these bikes that I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to fix these up now that I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah. was there a moped club in town at this point or was there anything going on or did you find like you're buying all these bikes, you're new, you're new to this. Like, I guess also like, I'm kind of curious, how did you find the scene or was there a scene? Yeah, there was, uh, there was a scene. So the puddle cutters have been around since like what, 2005 or something like that. Okay. And, um, I actually found uphill battle first. That was Ah. a a much smaller crew. Um, and they, I don't know, I guess I had seen like on Reddit or Facebook or something, there was a rally happening called, you know, love is a four letter word. Okay. And so I, had been struggling with my bike, re- trying to rebuild things, take things apart, putting it back together. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and join in this rally. And I had no idea how rallies worked or anything like that. But I did find myself on like the support chat, you know, mm-hmm. the, the group me. And on the one of the like dumbest parts on my side was like Saturday afternoon, it's, it's really raining outside. And I am trying to go to like one of their parties and I break down. And I start like frantically texting people asking for a chase vehicle, (laughs) not realizing that like you don't get a chase like when we're not on a ride or, Mm. you know, doing something. It was just like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, hey, help me. (laughs) Um, But, 
yeah, uphill battle was the first exposure. I went to to their rallies and I started hanging out at Angelo's on Southeast Hawthorne with them for quite a while. Um, initially they thought I was a cop because <laughs> I was this like short haired, very quiet dude. Um, who's like just drinking Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Cause at that point, like I didn't have like a, a taste for the liquor or anything. And I wasn't very social. So I just sit there, kind of hang out, try and participate. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, Kyle, our, our newest captain had revealed that recently that yeah. they thought I was, uh, a narc. Like what, <laughs> what am I going to narc on them on, you know, like expired licenses or something. Dude, that's awesome. And I can, there's more than one person who I've heard like show up to like a scene and like everybody was convinced they were a cop. Yeah. Like just, that's great. He's um, too clean. Yes. Get him. He showers maybe twice a day. Unacceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a great way to fuck with people at a rally. Just walk up to them, just look them dead in the eyes. Are you a cop? Like yeah. people just freak out. That was something I was kind of messing with some people at that Black Pipes rally, which kind of <laughs> I think maybe scarred one person, but whatever. Mm. You just gotta go up to people and ask if they have a prescription for that. <laughs> that's another good one. I'll have to I'll have to keep that in the mm-hmm. arsenal. <laughs> yeah. So I hung out with UB for a while. And then I started to learn about like the, the dynamics between them and their rival gang, Puddle Cutters. And I started hanging out at Puddle Cutter events, doing the same thing, Dr. Pepper, sitting on the sidelines, uh, occasionally, you know, making small banter. They invite me to a couple of things and it co- sort of slowly moves my way in. And then eventually I'm prospected, mm-hmm. I think in like 2016 or something, 2015, maybe. Right on, right on. Uh, you talk about like the, um, seeing the scenes, like the two different dynamics of the clubs. Uh, what was for me? Uh, the, and I, I talk about this a lot, but like my first group ride was just something magical. Like I don't know, like what was that like for you? The first time you discovered um, a group ride or get on a group ride, how was that experience for you? I imagine it was a lot of fun. I don't remember it. It was probably with uphill battle, but it was just riding with a ton of other people and thinking that I'm going to crash every <laughs> single turn it was really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you talk about the rallies they had in town. How long did it take you to like branch out and go out of town? Cause like, I know you guys aren't far from Seattle, but like I have to remind myself of this, like the West coast is just, it's a different vibe almost like it's yeah. not, it's just different. Like the way rallies happen, the way things are structured, just cause like you're in the Midwest, dude, you can go to a rally anytime you want pretty much in the summer. It's like four to eight hours away from you. It's not a big deal. Super jealous. I actually went out pretty quickly to uh, a Boston rally. I went to the mm. uglies. I think it was like back to the future part six or 17 <laughs> or I don't know. You lose count at this point. Yeah. Um, and I, I had just sort of tagged along with some of the uphill battle boys and they were really surprised that I went. Um, we took some, uh, flights together. I hung out at the, uh, the frat house, which was my first experience with, um, that sort of scene, mm-hmm. um, really just kind of blowing my mind there. And, um, that's where I met, you know, some really good people, um, like Rigsby and, yeah. um, we've fortunately kind of been friends ever since. Yeah. 
Rigsby is such a such a nice guy when you get to chat with him. Like I never, I always heard of Rigsby, and I got to spend some time with him this summer. Super, super rad guy. Such a genuine son of a bitch. I mm-hmm. I love it about him. Yeah. You know, he's just so nice all the time. But sometimes he can he can really cut to the heart of be like telling you how it is. Um, yeah. I appreciate the, about that about him. He's one of the people who I find very smart mopeds, and he. <laughs> I can listen to him talk about it for a long time. And there's some people mm-hmm. who are quote unquote, really smart mopeds and I don't want to hear anything from them, but like Rigsby is somebody I can, I have the utmost respect for, and I can just listen to him talk about his knowledge. Like I heard him mm-hmm. go about 45 minutes about brake pads, how to set those right this summer. It was like, I, lo- I learned. So yeah. Thank you, Rigsby. In terms of mechanics, he is one of those sort of sleeper cells, you know, um, Within the last couple of years, I've just been kind of watching his Instagram account and his posts and stuff. He's now just starting to really turn that dial up to 11 or 12 mm-hmm. with all the cool things that he's now fabricating. Um, mm-hmm. It's really exciting to see him flourishing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with you and you're hanging around a pill battle, you kind of find a little more of a, maybe your fit in the puddle cutters. I kind of hear um, what's your bike collection going like, are you sticking to, you said earlier you're buying all these bikes, thinking you're going to mm-hmm. pick some up. Did you find your niche of a brand? Because like some people do that, like myself. I'm mostly Honda, and I'm kind of starting to branch out a little bit. But like, what was your go-to bike at this point? It was Pook. I tried Honda. I tried Hobbit, but I couldn't figure out the um, the regulators and the rectifiers. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I couldn't get the wiring right, and it made me so mad all the time. But I knew that Pook was like three wires, yeah, and you're done. Um, so yeah, I ultimately just stayed with with Maxis and Magnums. Yeah, best thing you can do with a Honda, just like a French bike, rip out the OEM wiring and start over. Mm-hmm. Just make it three wires. It's so yeah. Um, so you're finding your niche there. Um, what were some of the earlier things you really enjoyed doing in mopeds like was it was it the rally scene or was it because you kind of the feeling i'm getting like partying really wasn't your thing per se but was it wrenching or was it just right like where were you kind of finding yourself in the scene i liked the wrenching um at that time that i was starting i again had no knowledge and it was really fun to just soak up what everybody's saying half of it was wrong but Mm -hmm it was exciting to hear people's takes on how to fix these things and to see um, these new friends just like on the ground, all oiled up and just changing a gasket or doing their timing at a stoplight. Um, it was really fun to see like the, the mechanical side. Um, the rallies were fun. Um, I don't think that I had, uh, I, I hadn't done very many um, before actually getting into the club. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was mostly just the, the wrenching that was the funnest part. Right on. Um, and how was prospecting for, um, puddle cutters? Like you said, you said you got in like 2016, like what was your process? Like, cause I know all clubs are a little different yeah. and all clubs can kind of evolve their processes through time. I was prospected by the captain Maggie at the time. And um, me and uh, another guy, Will, 
Will Childs was being prospect as well at the same time. And um, I would say it was fun. It wasn't one of those um, ones where they haze you a ton. I got hazed like a, like a tiny bit. I did some errands and things. They wouldn't let me show up to meetings unless it was like a rally season. But um, I got to participate and help out with some of the rally stuff. That was um, nice. And I eventually, you know, had, you know, more genuine interactions with people. Um, we have some pretty simple requirements in terms of being a member. And it's, it's been like that since I started. Um, basically, it's like at least three months, you have to go to an out-of-state rally. Um, you have to have a running moped. And at the time, they had a rule where like you had to go hang out with every member of the club. Mm-hmm. And um, I had actually taken that pretty seriously. So I had like made plans to go hang out with every single one of them. And some of them was a pain in the ass to get a hold of. But um, <laughs> the others, it was it was really easy. So like that was a kind of a cool part to, to have like a one-on-one with each person moped themed. Um, and we kind of got to do like a mini, mini podcast with each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I got cut in at, um, the rally that I had to help, uh, coordinate. Okay. And what Here. rally was that? That was shit. Was that nothing to prove? Yeah, I think I got cut in at nothing to prove. Okay. Yeah, me and Will at the same time. Right on. Um, you talk about 2016. Right about this time. Now, had you participated in any of the pinballs before? The... No. Okay. Then we'll stay in this area. Um, what were you doing? What were you doing mopeds then? Like, were you just you get you get little cutters? Um, are you? all in like mopeds is your jam or you keep a balance in life what those weird people that like oh i can go play in a band and i can go like you know play arts and crafts and then i do mopeds here or like were you just all about the scene uh i was in um for a short time i was all in um on it and once i sort of had a uh a great partner once I got like a better job, once I got like a different vehicle, um, my interest kind of expanded a little bit and, um, I would still feel, say that I'm, I'm in it, but I'm, I'm teetering closer to the weekend warrior status these days. Um, but yeah, I think like for a good two, two to four years, I was, uh, pretty, pretty into it. Mm-hmm. And um, I realize it's like, especially somebody who's been around as long as you had, COVID changed how a lot of people approached the whole thing. Cause like we weren't necessarily having a rally season. We weren't mm-hmm. necessarily meeting up all the time or doing ride nights. I know a lot of clubs, even if it was like, weren't meeting every week and riding the ones that did all the time. I know they didn't have rides here for a long time in Minnesota. So I think that changed a lot of people. And I, I've seen some old heads around here come back even harder. So I mean, it is what it is. Um, when did you talked about getting out to DC? Like, um, what out of state rally? I, what out of state rallies did you do your prospecting year? Was that yeah? Is is are you one of the clubs that has the out of state rally rule? Yeah. yeah. Um, my my out of state rally was uh, MA twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mopad Army twenty. 
um, <laughs> I went out there with sort of like the the puddle cutter vets and mm-hmm. got to spend the the whole week there. So I I think we all flew into um, shit. We we flew into Chicago. Okay. Um, spent the night like a couple blocks away from. No, sorry, not Chicago. I'm sorry. We we flew into Detroit. We I was going to say like that, that would make a little more sense, but <laughs> yeah, we spent the night uh, near uh, Detroit Moped Works yeah. and then we drove over to Kalamazoo. And then after that, I went back to Milwaukee to go hang out with the cranks for a little bit before flying back home. Right um, on. That was a ton of fun. Um, I don't think I've ever had that high and low of an experience uh, at a rally before. Yeah. yeah. Um how was your i i've heard very mixed reviews some people like once everybody just kind of fucking chilled out it was the greatest rally ever or some people like oh my god it was a disaster like it sounds like you kind of had the same experience you had the high highs and the low lows with everything there um don't get me wrong that rally was fucked up (laughs) um it's it sucked and it was a little bit of fun i mean i i think that the fun part for me was just the experience i don't Mm -hmm. think the rally itself was very good um, at one point, um, we, I think it was like a set the Saturday ride. Um, there was just, I don't know, like an hour and a half long ride out to this flea market that once we got there, it closed in a half an hour. Oh, geez. So we got all the way there. There's no food. Um, there's not shit to do except for, uh, buy, you know, air jumps and fake Jordans <laughs> and, uh, door the Explorer backpacks. Um, I was riding a moped the whole time that had no cushion. So I ended up buying a, like a neck pillow and strapping that on as my seat. Dude, at least they see, they were thinking about you, Andrew. They got you to flea market for a seat. So, I mean, yeah. they were yeah, thinking like, about you're, you. You're going to fix this damn bike whether you want to or not. <laughs> um, so yeah, we went to that and on our way back, somebody thought that it was a great idea to do like a little street racing event in an mm-hmm. industrial area. Have you heard about this part? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, how was your experience with that? Like Ryan doesn't. Rem- I've talked to Ryan about this. The kid who got hit uh-huh. who was flying. Like he thought he drove himself to the hospital. I'm like, and this has come. I told this to Graham Motsi, yep. who was in the. He's like, dude, no, he didn't. We got him mm-hmm. to the hospital. Like mm-hmm. the cranks did. Like, and I just and I've seen the video pop up, brother. I will yep. never watch that because you cannot unsee shit in life. I've and he got realized. nailed. One of the one of the dumbest things that that um, club member could have done was try and cross the road as they're finishing at this race. Um, so yeah, that was that was really bad, and then the whole thing just kind of fell apart. It didn't seem like there were any Decepticons there at all, and um, all their bikes broke. All the bikes broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and even Dave's. And yeah. so at, at one point I was like, fuck it. Uh, I've got GPS, so I'm just going to go back. Yeah. And so I ended up leading like a ride of like 50 people. <laughs> my first out of state rally leading them back to, um, 1977. Yeah. Um, and Andrew, the little bit I know about you, my guy, like that is such your move. Just like calm, like, all right, let's go. Like kind of yeah. pulling the dad route, like, the responsible adult thing like okay let's let's figure yeah, this shit like, out cops are here let's go yeah. you know <laughs> yeah um so that was that was the i guess the crappy part but i mean did jesse stevenson make rally. it out there with you guys i 
No, I don't think <laughs> yeah. Jesse did. No. Yeah. I, no. I had lunch with him about a month or so ago in Kansas City. He's like, I forget which barbecue it was or something like that. He's like, I warned everybody, don't go out there. It's going to be fucked. It's going to be <laughs> fucked. It's going to be fucked. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was an experience. But, you know, I again, like hanging out with the people for the first time, going out and having, you know, a three-on-one uh, hangout, not a, mm-hmm. not a fuck fest with, you know, the cutters was was pretty cool and just chilling at people's cribs like i'd never done the whole um uh, being put up experience when you yeah. go to a rally i take that back i stayed at the the frat house um mm-hmm. which technically I, I was being put up but it was with like 30 other people <laughs> um but yeah like going to other people's houses seeing how they you know they live in the moped scene and seeing other clubhouses too like i'd never mm-hmm. seen a clubhouse and to see cranks have an entire like warehouse and they have a loft where they ride all their 30 bikes up to um and their their pook um magnum x trike that they had um <laughs> that was a lot of fun to see yeah, yeah um so you did the ma20 thing you it sounds like you know you've made a good time out of could have been a shitty time mm-hmm. um I know I'm I'm trying to keep everything separate, but like at one point Travis uh of Travis Tutorial moved out to the cutter out to Portland. Um and he had already done a pinball. Um I believe you were his partner on one of the pinballs, weren't you? Yeah, twenty eighteen we did uh the pinball um east to west coast one. Um, so he did the first year with some friends and I did the second year from Texas to, um, Redondo beach. Okay. Uh, how was that experience for you? Like I, that was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, again, uh, totally new experiences. I thought, yeah, let's, let's go spend a week driving across the country and trying to win this race. Um, at that point I still had no idea what really how to fix mopeds for. Um, how, how to fix mopeds but um <laughs> i'm following was, you my guy <laughs> it was it was a trip you know so it was, it was hot as fuck we're camping every day basically um the bike breaks down and we don't understand it um a couple highlights from that trip uh i think like two day two or three days before we shipped the bike to texas um jesse stevenson was looking at the bike and he's like hey man your crank is bent Oh wow. <laughs> We're like, oh shit. <laughs> so I think we have treats, uh life light uh helicopter transport a crank <laughs> over to Texas to the Shanks. And um so we get there into town and I think it's like eight PM. The mm-hmm. race starts at what, like ten AM? Yeah. And we rebuild the entire engine oh. in the Shanks garage. So we're hammering away. Um, listening to YMCA and we do the whole rebuild within that night. Um, we sleep in some little girl's bed and then we start the race. <laughs> nice. dude. That's pure panic before the start of the oh, race. Oh, it was dude. wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah, that was, that was the start of it. And then, um, yeah, so many really great memories like, um, riding through the Hoover dam to get mm. into, um, to Vegas hope I'm saying that right um chase racing um I think I was I was racing Sabat through like a uh 
an HOA to get to the Hooters um, hotel on time. That was a lot of fun. Um, I broke down in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, almost had a panic attack. Basically, it was. Um, I think it was a little bit before Vegas. We were in a in like a deserty area. We were. I think we had tried to save time by not going Google Maps and doing mm. our own thing. We ended up choosing uh, some fire roads, um, which actually ended up being just riverbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so um, I did this riverbed, and um, Travis and Jenny Ray and Maitland are following behind. My ba- my phone basically dies, so at a certain point, like I take Travis's phone. Uh, I get out of sight. I high side and just like break the uh, the radiator on his bike, oh. and um, I'm like panicking because his mm-hmm. phone's locked. I don't have his fingerprint. And thank you, Travis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't we weren't smart enough to figure that out. Um, so I'm there panicking a little bit, and then this uh, I shit you not, a blind man in a van pulls up um, and tries to help out. <laughs> right as um travis and jenny race show up we get the bike going we race we get to the finish line or to the finish line for the day and all was gravy but um that was probably one of the craziest moments that that we'd had of that raid so far Mm -hmm. that's uh what kind of stints were you doing uh riding like mile wise were you doing like all day stints half day were you guys breaking up because you guys had i think that was the longest uh baker's dozen pinball run to date like yeah they were like consistently like 350 days oh that's rough um i think that we i think we split about halfway for as many of those as we could um and me not knowing any better i tucked the entire time bless you son bless you i know (laughs) (laughs) um i tucked the entire time i was able to get up get us up to 56 each uh each mile and that was real nice um yeah we uh we had this big fat like five gallon gas can that we would just sort of try and dunk um into the the bike halfway through Mm -hmm. um and then i think somewhere in like uh new mexico somebody left the tailgate down and the gas tank flew out and we lost that Mm. (laughs) we had to go back to one gallon tanks for a while That's a bummer. Um, yeah. For me on uh, Baker's, it felt like a moped uh, boot camp for tuning and understanding. Does that, did your um, mechanical knowledge of understanding how to tune a bike change it after Baker's? Or, because I felt I'm going to be an asshole and say it like I had this whole, like, in my kind of mind, I had this whole, like, Patrick Swayze point break thing going on in my head. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. All I want to do mm-hmm. is fucking run bakers. Like that's all I give a shit about. Like, and I'll work all year just to do that for two weeks. Cause like, yeah, I, I fell in love with it, dude. Like I tell people I've never been so proud to go 35 miles an hour in my life than I did at 9,000 feet. You know, uh, if I had the opportunity and the time to do it again, I think I would be much more, uh, prepared for it. Um, the breakdowns that we had did not make me a better person, I guess. Um, they were <laughs> oh, all I, I'm not saying it time. made me a better person. It made me a little yeah. better tuner and retrospect. At the time, I had no idea like what the issues were until we finished it. Like, um, 
the first day we had to rebuild the engine again because there's some sort of like choke issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't fix it. I mean, we didn't, we didn't identify the issue, but taking it apart, putting it back together, fixed it. Um, I don't remember where, uh, all those like, uh, satellite dishes are. There's like hundreds of them in, in mm-hmm. the desert. Um, at that point, I think I learned what too rich was and, mm-hmm. uh, I had to ride the choke basically for about 20 miles going about 15. Nice. Um, <laughs> that was, that was a good learning experience. Um, I learned about elevation changes and how that can make a bike just, just kill itself. Yep. Um, I also learned how easy it is in LA to just run a red light. That was fun. <laughs> um, the last day, you know, we were just like full send, full fuck it mode, just like you're saying. Yeah. And I'm just like, look left, look right. I don't see a cop. All right, I'm going to keep going. That's how Portland was for everybody this year. Mm-hmm. It was like, we just want to fucking be done. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wish I, there was some live cam footage of that because that would have been really great. Cops don't care here anymore. <laughs> um, do you know do you remember how you got into the the end spot like i could probably took? um i should look up my last day because i I was all on google maps like i honestly don't know because i uh was riding without a clutch bell nut so i uh-huh. was uh rear brake dragging keeping up the rpms to keep the clutch engaged the whole time yeah. and turns out i was riding i had my choke on too from when i vapor locked at the bottom of mountain hood <laughs> Yeah, that was rad. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, dude, like, and hit how how was what what was it like finishing Baker's for you? Like, what was that moment in the um, finish line? Was it like it's it was for me? It was kind of weird because like I didn't understand we're not riding mopeds anymore. Like, it's like, you don't have to ride mopeds anymore. You can stop. Yeah. Uh, finishing was really exciting. You know, we've been going almost two weeks straight at that point. I think 12 days. And um, the ending spot was, I think it was Redondo Beach. Uh, the original sort of like pinball landing spot where you got to like buy a beer at this bar, this fancy mm-hmm. bar. I ended up getting there at, at about the same time that Chad Burke did. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a fun experience where I'm like trying to figure out where do we park? And I ended up like blasting through one of those like um, signs, you know, those yeah. like stop um, train track things. Okay. Security guard tried to rip me off the bike. Um <laughs> me and Chad kind of just dumped our bikes and ran into this bar. We've got our helmets on. And that was sort of like the, the tensest I've ever seen Chad Burke, no smiles or anything <laughs> where he's just trying to be trying to focus on getting served first, get this beer first. <laughs> and uh, then we just kind of sat in this fancy bar and looked like rejects. Cause everybody else has a blazer had a drink and then kind of got kicked out. <laughs> I was going to say, but how long did you last in there? Not very long at all. Yeah. It felt real uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, finishing was, was really nice. There wasn't like a party, right. There wasn't a club there or anything mm-hmm. at that point, but um, yeah, it felt, it felt like we'd done something. Nice dude. Yeah. That's, and Matt St. John said it best. Like 
it doesn't matter what year you've done a Baker's or a pinball, you're in this weird society now that like everybody can relate. And like, yeah. that's, yeah. Um, I think that's where, I think Rigsby actually said, he goes, I can't believe you did what you did by yourself on the first year. He goes, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. And I was blown away when he said that. I'm like, dude, like everything they put up with, like I'm impressed his team. I mean, that's, and that was a really rad thing about uh, Bakers this year. Like there was so much admiration from each team to the next, which, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, that's why I want to do it again so much. And that's why my chase driver, Colby wants to do it again next year. Um, so you did the pin, you did the Baker's dozen, you had a blast. Um, where were this like 2018 ish, I think. Yep. Um, where were you at in your moped career at this point? Not it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I'm prospecting for the, for the cutters. Uh, we do nothing to prove. I get caught in. And I think Maggie goes to work at Yellowstone um, National Park. And mm-hmm. I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think it's like two months later, I become the captain of the club. Okay. Um, they just vote me in um, uh, because she stepped down. And it's like between me and one other person. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and I guess puddle cutters didn't think I was a cop. So they let me be <laughs> the captain. And... I think I did the the cutter officership for four years. So 2018, I was a captain at that point, fully into it, and um, come back still fully into it. And I think we are gearing up for the national rally, basically, yep. after that. So coming off that, we're like, shit, yeah, we're going to plan this huge party that hopefully is successful. <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah, officer at that point. Okay. Um, Maggie, I remember we stayed in Yellowstone for a few days during uh, Baker's. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think she did. She out on the East Coast now, being a park ranger. Yeah, she's in Maine. Yeah, um, she, Acadia National. Acadia. Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think like the Boston crew ran into her or something like that when they did their ride out there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, she's jumped around to a couple of places. She went to to uh, Yellowstone. I think she worked at the Redwoods for a little bit. Awesome. She worked at um, there's a huge lake in South Oregon. I'm forgetting what the name is. And yeah, now she's up in Acadia, just trying to work for that um, seniority position. Yeah, um, yeah that's it's really rad. really exciting to see her in all those different places. She sends us sends me and my my partner. Um, postcards every once in a while it's really nice to hear from her yeah yeah that's super sweet uh that's not to make this about me but i'm going to for a second that was one of the coolest moments of my life was going through yellowstone um first drafting chad burke and zach richards like we're probably about 50 60 miles where all three of us were just back and forth back and forth back and forth just drafting and then we got stopped at the gate because there's a medical emergency. So that kind of bunched the whole crowd back up. Yeah. And then Cowboy and I drafted through uh, Yellowstone pretty much the whole time. That is just a moment I will always have. In the- now, did you get lucky enough to not get stuck in traffic uh, in Yellowstone? Yes, because there was, like I said, there's that they just had the flooding 
or forest fires or one la two. Yeah. So like we had the odd even plate issue and then mm-hmm. we all kind of got stopped at the front of the gate. So okay. like there was okay. a gap of traffic. So there was like, and what we went through like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So I don't think traffic is that bad middle. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just going on like other part, like amusement park experiences. Like it's not going to be heavy on, in the middle of the week, if you will. Yeah. So, I mean, we, there's a few stop and go spots that we hit, um, but that was because of construction yeah. in the park. But yeah, it was really easy going through it. Yeah. I'm glad nobody got hit with a bison. Yeah, uh, it was close. Um, Chad, Chad almost did. We did have um, Urban Decay, uh, not Urban Decay, but see you soon, Rigsby's team. Um, mm-hmm. I forget her. One of the teammates went over uh, over the handlebars. Um, there's Rory. There's I'm blanking on her name. I'm sorry. I'll remember it some other time, and then I'll feel like a jerk. Um, but yeah, that was. Yellowstone was rad. Like I never, I saw my first Longhorn Ram. Yeah, yep. it was it was pretty cool. That's a, if you've never been, go and try to ride a moped through there. Yep, do it. Don't waste your time with like the geysers or anything. Um, just go about there with everything else. Go look at yeah. everything else. <laughs> I actually, Chad and Patrick went and saw that stuff, the hot springs and all that. Yeah, I was I was too busy actually. I worked on a bike. I was like all like bitter about it i'm like fine i'll do maintenance on my bike on the day off mm-hmm. fine but that was it was a very awesome experience uh getting to hang out there we got warned about having we got a bear ticket warning because we maybe ate and didn't put any of the food away fair yeah fair. yeah but nobody got in major trouble but sorry about that so you guys back to your uh story um you got your captain you guys decide to ho- didn't decide, but you guys voted upon. You're going to do rally. It becomes a national rally. Um, mm-hmm. How was that for you as a stress point? Like, <laughs> I'm sure that can be a lot of stress. Or did you kind of, or do you think you handled it well? You know, I think we handled it well. It was definitely tough. Um, it was the first rally that I'd been able to to be sort of the main contributor to. Um, I was responsible for the Friday night ride and ended up being the backup for a Saturday afternoon ride that I hadn't, didn't know what the route was. Um, <laughs> I blew up my Magnum at that one, uh, on that ride. That was a lot of fun. Um, the planning was good. We got, uh, quite a bit of sponsors. We, um, had some new members that were excited to branch out and sort of um, network with people. We got to start the night at Legion Moto, which is like a a, a motorcycle repair shop that's sort of community-oriented. And um, that was fun. And we had a friend who was very nice in uh, offering up their um, like rooftop area for rental at at the place that they were living. Mm -hmm. And that set us up for Saturday night, which was really great. And we felt very um, humbled by all the the donations that we got. And the raffle ended up being really long, I guess, because we had so <laughs> many things to, to give away. Um, 
That's awesome, though. That's really rad. Like, you guys had a good yeah. turnout for that. It was great. I don't feel like I got to truly enjoy the rally. No, because um, it's not you. The host people never get to enjoy it, dude. Yeah. And I feel bad a little bit because uh, there was some talk about having like an, uh, a captain's meeting there on Saturday night. And I just got too busy and distracted and couldn't do it. So um, some of the officers are probably that's their one grievance about it is that, you know, we didn't get to talk about nothing, I guess. <laughs> about the state of M.A. The state. Yeah, the state of M.A. And when are we going to move to, um, you know, back to emailing each other? <laughs> as a more effective means of communication. Um, I, I, I've got nothing witty for you on that one. <laughs> um, no. So you guys get to hold the national rally um, in that fall. And we'll talk about it. Like um, everybody's getting jazzed up and excited for the 2020 national rally for Chicago and blah, blah, blah. And then there's this weird Tampa tango, a lot of people in the north were going stir crazy. We went to it, and turns out that was the only real rally of uh, twenty twenty. How was the pandemic for mopeds in um, Portland? I think it was um, average, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us had a pretty good head, and sort of we came up to an agreement that you know you had to be vaccinated if you wanted to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to police it too hard, but like, if you'd like to come out, just, uh, show us your card, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise you don't have to, um, we got called like a Nazi by a couple of people, but it was like people that weren't in the club. Yeah. And so in the grand scheme of things, I think that everybody was pretty respectful wearing masks when they needed to, we had outside, um, hangouts outside bars, we didn't have as many rides. I think that's fair. We didn't have as many hangouts at all. Um, but I think we all kept it together pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't it didn't kill us um, just yet. Yeah, I thought we would have been over way before this. And I thought that this would have been the death of us. But, you know, we somehow survived. Well, that's awesome. And yeah, you guys, I mean, I could. I and I don't I know nothing about the dynamics of your club, so I'm not I'm talking out of turn here, but I could see how like a national rally could be a high point for a club and then you know uh something like the events of the pandemic kind of pull everybody apart and yeah. everybody like I'm okay now. Like but yeah. it just shows you the love that everybody has for riding these dumb children's toys still. Everybody stayed together with it. It's not just a fad for them. I think that COVID gave um, a lot of our members the opportunity to do other things, actually. Mm-hmm. Gave them time to branch out, focus on their jobs, evaluate their relationships, evaluate you know if this is the right apartment or house to be living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and a um, couple of us, not myself, uh, got housing. Like they bought a house mm-hmm. during the during the time, and they were able to sort of like like Bob was able to move his, his ink knife business to a a full fledged, you know, home business. Um, and, uh, Travis ended up focusing on his home and building everything that he could and sort of renovating this house from the thirties that had no business being renovated. And, (laughs) um, a couple other people just kind of dug into their stuff. Um, yeah, we're, we're still doing it and we're still excited we're actually gearing up for another rally 
Mm -hmm. um, just Sunday, we came up with the, the rally name for it. And um, we're going to start having meetings pretty soon and start planning all the fun shit. So are you allowed to say the rally name? Yeah, I think Kyle was going to update Moped Army, but it's um, I don't know if it's Puddle Cutters Presents to in the front of it or if it's just um, the title, but it's uh, shit. What is it? Um, you can't premix friendship. That's what we're calling it. I dig it, dude. Yeah, I dig we it. had we had a little bit of a, a battle on this. We had a bunch of different options. I'm not going to give away all the options that we had because they're probably going to be next year or the year after and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But, keep them um, in the back pocket, man. Um, we had some match, some box cars, no hot wheels. Yeah. We had hot wheels and we had a track and we raced them and okay. we did like a bracket to figure out like who, who would um, become the final competitor. Um, we were, there was a really strong uh, push for uh, uh, mighty Morphin puddle cutters which in retrospect with the, the recent um, death, I think that it's really great that that didn't win. Okay. Um, so really excited about that, but also really sad about um, the Green Ranger. Yeah, dude, that's um, a bummer. Yeah. Um, dude, I, so, and I'll say this about the Power Rangers. I can remember yeah. watching the shit out of that show after elementary, but I couldn't tell you what the hell that show was about to this day. Mm -hmm. I just remember really digging it, but I don't remember it. Seven or was it five rowdy teenagers saving the planet, but only in like one city? Yeah, well, every you know, time it happens. Um, yeah, so we did these Hot Wheels uh tourneys and we got down to uh, it was either um, you can't what you can't premix friendship or it was going to be noodle negative time, <laughs> and everybody wanted uh. You can't premix friendship better. So here we go. Yeah. Now we're into it. Awesome. Um, so you got that going. What was it? I want to rewind just a touch. Mm -hmm. um, when you guys found out you're going to be the end point of Baker's Dozen, how did that all come about? How did it come about? Like, like uh, what did I you think... guys do to plan? Um, I'm thankful for the <sighs> ride we had the next day. Like Grom Kyle took us out. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. I'm really digging into this. Um, Kyle, I think really kind of came out, came through and coordinated a good amount of that, uh, for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Maitland just kind of decided that, that, that this was where it was going to be. We're happy about it, excited about it. And, um, we had a, again, we had another, uh, moped friend who had a large pasture in their backyard and they offered that up. So we spent maybe two or three small hangouts just cleaning the shit out of their backyard getting mm -hmm. it ready um i think uh a group couple people like made the the flag the banner but honestly i think like pete did most of the work getting the yeah. porta potties um booking the the local band and i think kyle like went to costco or safeway and just got a shitload of food for yeah. us all thank um, you barney for cooking yeah, and he seems to always cook. Yeah, every time he, there's a grill, he's gravitating towards it. He's got the cutoff shorts and he's rocking mm -hmm. the 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 bib and doing his thing, dude. I love. Yeah, Barney. talk about dad mode. He is dad mode next to a grill. You know, he'll, <laughs> he, no jokes. He's serious. He's always checking those burgers whether they're ready to be flipped or not. Always. Yeah. 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 Coals are hot. Coals are hot. Everybody. <laughs> love Bernie. Um, 
but yeah, you guys did. You guys did a great job hosting us. I still kind of wondered about the outdoor shower. I was wondering if anybody would actually. I, was I, there one? I didn't. There was an that. outdoor shower. Like I That's asked. <laughs> It was like a propane tank and a garden hose, and it looked sketchy as hell. And like, oh yes, I saw that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I just all I want, and I think a lot of us were like, we just want to shower at this point. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I had to bug out for a couple hours. I got a hotel, showered, laid out, like came back to the party. It was fun. Um, That's good. Yeah, you guys That's did good. a great job. We got to ride around Portland a bit, but like, I, I blame um, Boston for this because they yeah. wanted to go riding and i was just like fine i'll go <laughs> but you guys got a beautiful city i wish i'm not even gonna like say oh i'll try to make it out there i'm no i can't make it out there this year dude i wish i, I could. know it's rough it's rough for everybody it's so far plane well, tickets are gonna even, be so much and everything it's not even that so much it's like right around baker's time like baker's is uh may 31st this year to like the 9th and by the time that gets done and I kind of get sorted back into life, if you will, like yeah. you got your guys' deal. And I plan on, I planning to go to land squids. So I'll see you there maybe. I don't know. Um Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you talk about uh you guys are gonna do a rally, you talked about the naming of it and all that stuff. Um you also said you're now owning your own business, and do you want to talk about that a little bit, how that all came about with uh, your shop? Yeah, let's get into it. So I, I have uh, my own shop now. It's not a like a, a business front-end space, but it's uh, it's called Mon- Honest Moto. Um, anybody can go to honestmoto.com, and it just sort of redirects you to my Instagram page. Um, so I had this issue, this grievance, and it's not against any... Uh, mechanic in particular at all um but you know over the years you get better at mechanicing and being the sort of helper that i am i i like going and helping other people fix their bikes um i had a neighbor who had a motorcycle was really struggling with it for several months and um i would often like just be talking to them they're telling me what's wrong with it they're telling me what their mechanic did And I'm looking at it and thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. They did nothing and they charged you $400 for it. Um, Another prime example is I just bought a a pickup truck and uh, the person I bought it from told me there was a huge oil leak Um, and they'd gone to the mechanic like two or three times. And every time they said they'd fixed it, but they didn't. So I finally went and after a month, got them to warranty the work and fixed it and it's all done, but it's just a big pain in the ass. And so um, I feel like um, if you're going to run a business um, doing mechanic work, you can be truthful about it. Mm-hmm. You can tell people what's wrong with their bike. You can um, tell them that this is out of your expertise, that you don't know how to fix it, that it's not worth it to fix it based on the, the price um, or the cost of work to the value of the actual vehicle. Um, you can be upfront and you can also teach people how to fix their own vehicles. Um, mm. if it's something that they can do it. Um, so I started the shop and it's just out of my home garage. And so far it's just been a lot of Honda elites. <laughs> Weirdly, it's been a lot of elites, but it's open to mopeds, scooters, 
motorcycles less than 500 cc's and uh the basic rundown is like you're, you're going to get an upfront cost to how much it's going to be you're going to get like a you pay me a deposit um depending on if i have to come to you or you can bring it to me mm-hmm. i'll do an inspection i'll tell you everything that i can find that's wrong with it i'll tell you exactly the things that i can fix and give you a quote up front about how much that's going to cost you can take it or leave it um you can compare it to other shops um, whatever you'd like to do, but here's the information and, you know, do with it what you want. Um, at this same time that I'm starting this venture, we have, uh, in the South side of town, we have scooter swap shop who decided to close their doors to public service. And they're no longer working on any bike that they haven't built themselves. Hmm. So that really opens up for the entire like Honda, Yamaha, all the scooters that are out there to be worked on because the, the South area can't do it. Yeah. Um, now there's like Columbia scooters, but they only work on their bikes as well, like Vespas and mm-hmm. um, the like the trike motorcycle. And also at the, the same time, Eric Sabatino's vintage scooter shop yep. is starting to, to change up their lineup of services too. They're yeah. starting to service less mopeds, less scooters randomly, and push more into the contracts that they've already gotten and the brand new ones that they've gotten, like Royal Enfield motorcycle mm-hmm. um, sales. And they and recently so, got a new shop, didn't they? They did. They got right across the street. Um, uh, I'm really, really excited for them. They got yeah. a huge lot um, just like a block away from where they are now. And they're able to put their entire inventory in there. They don't have to pull all their bikes out onto the street every single day to make room for sales and mechanic work. Their mechanics are going to get like their own dedicated space. You're not going to have these randos coming in here and being like, you know, let me talk to the mechanic or let me talk to a man <laughs> um, anymore. Cause it's just going to be kind of really separated. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited for them. And plus they got the Royal infield contract, which is, uh, desperately needed in a city where Harley was the contractor before, and mm-hmm. they didn't even know how to fix these bikes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I created this, this business. Um, I got some logos drawn up by a really nice friend and I've started doing honest moto work. And so far it's been really good. Um, except that just like a month ago I bought a truck. And so I've just <laughs> been distracted with doing that first. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, that's awesome, and that's really brave of you, and I have all the admiration for anybody who steps out and tries to do their own thing uh, when it comes to their livelihood. And I knew that was mm-hmm. some of the stuff we kind of chit-chatted about before this whole deal. So, like, yeah, dude, I want to make sure we got that out there. Um, yeah, I think you and I talked before I fully, like, dove into it, actually. A little bit. You kind of hinted around your plan on something, like, and we'll yeah. talk about um, – the time we got to hang out a little bit in Santa Fe, uh, but then we got to hang out a lot more. And um, you want to talk about going like the Cutters as a group going to Santa Fe and Cutters going to Mosquito Fleet. You're le- the two rallies I've kind of met yet. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot smaller group. We went to Santa Fe to um, that really fun small compact but eventful rally mm-hmm. um i'm i'm losing my head right now about what what club that is goat um, heads the goat heads yeah we went to the goat heads rally 
And gosh, they were so nice and generous and helpful mm -hmm. and just excited to see other people. Yeah. Um, so I think like a, a handful of like seven of us went out there. Um, it, it hadn't been that many people even at MA20. Um, so we had um, a lot of the, the, the girls that typically don't go to out-of-state rallies. They came and we mm -hmm. had a couple of prospects too. And we had a couple of the, the, the old heads go too. And that was a really, really great time. Um, yeah. Todd ended up uh, doing a whole ton of tattoos for us all yeah, yeah. that are the, uh, you know, the mix of goat heads and puddle cutters. Um, that was a really cool event, actually. Um, you, yeah. uh, you fared pretty well on that, I think, too. Yeah, I was in a really, I was trying not to be as crabby as I was, but like I drove home and quit my job that Monday because um, I was just, I was in a job that I hated and I was very fucking miserable and I knew I did, I knew I was better than that. Um, but no, dude, that was so beautiful, that countryside, like all over uh, Santa Fe, Santa Fe, that's where I got to meet James uh, Porter, Potter, Porter. Um he was mm -hmm. the guy on the motorcycle in southern New Mexico. Um, had the brown hat on. He did Bakers this year. Uh, James is an awesome, smart guy. Yeah, I think I remember him. Yeah. Um, and I learned something else about my bike there. Um, I had been running a Polini 17.5 with um, – there's an air stop in those, and I didn't have the closed – uh blank in there so i was running lean there the whole time the entire and time okay yeah lean and elevation doesn't generally that doesn't go that well when it, so uh yeah um i was really surprised by the the weather changes there right it like almost yeah. like flash flooded while yeah. we were during during the ride yeah dude that was rad like i go to the desert and it rains the first time i'd ever been to the southwest ever like yeah. And then we had like a ton of like, um, we went through those, those alleys and just like Adobe housing and like really rich, rich neighborhoods all of a sudden. Yeah. It was it's such a unique town. Like, and mm -hmm. kind of talking to a few people, like that's the way I'll, I don't want to overstep, but like, that's the way a lot of cities in New Mexico are. They're all in like these Canyon Valley things. And uh -huh. so, and I also learned that there's a New Mexico, Las Vegas, never knew that. Yes, I think so. Yeah. 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 That was, that was interesting. Um, but no, I love Sophia and all those, uh, goathead people. They're such, such nice people. Um, yeah. And then you got to meet all the syndicate kids that came down from Denver. Um, yeah, I think that Barney ended up spending the most time talking to them. Mm -hmm. I didn't really get to, to interact with them as much as I probably should have, I guess. It was kind of funny because it's pretty great. Yeah, Nick, who <laughs> love that kid, guy, he's uh, young in his early twenties, I think, mid twenties. Anyways, him and I actually be were housemates in Seattle at Maddie Watts's house uh, for the cutters. So like that was kind of oh yeah okay that was kind of cool. And that was um, the first time I actually I ended up flying out to Seattle this year. You guys came up. Um, that was yeah, the first I time I was actually there. yeah. Um, <laughs> you were, <laughs> um, that was the first time I actually ever got hosted at a house. Cause usually it's like, can't, I've been to like a lot of camping rallies or like done hotels with people's, but like, that was the first time, like, and I'm, 
I can be, I can cross boundaries and lines with people sometimes, but like somebody's house is their sanctuary. So like, I don't yeah. go, I don't go into people's houses unavoided. Like Maddie told me like five times Friday night, you need to go to my house because you're welcome there and you don't need me to be okay, dude, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> and like Maitland Kelly's like, yeah, dude, you're on the West coast. His house is yours now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what it really sounds like the the turtle from Finding Nemo. Yeah, like <laughs> but uh, what did you guys like? How was uh, Seattle for you guys as a club coming up doing all that? Seattle was uh, really fun. I wasn't able to stay as long as I wanted to because I had come up with my my fiance at the time, and um, we we actually stayed at my, um, at her grandma's house. So we got our nice little secluded spot away from everything. Um, and she got to go to like a rally for an out of state rally for the first time. So I think her prospect duties are almost up, (laughs) uh, even though she's not a member. Uh, so Seattle typical fashion, they go really hard Mm -hmm. and they've been doing this for as long as the cutters have if not longer, and they hold it down every single Monday. And um, that was, um, it's a really great rally. It's a good standard. It's a good bar to set. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's coming up to the corner of the country and uh, you get you get this bar that's, that's um, owned by one of the sort of club members and all your drinks that night are free. Mm-hmm. Second night, all your drinks are free. Um, you come out, you get fed in the morning, breakfast, and you get rides, um, you get free t-shirts, um, and you just have a good time. There's no stress. Yep. So uh, one of the things that I really liked about that was that part where it's just like providing for the community and not having any expectation of anything in return. Yep. When we did the the national, I was I was under this impression that, you know, you, you charge for a rally shirt, you know, for a, a bag and, you know... People pay for their, their drinks, you know, you'll have a tab to a certain Mm -hmm. point, but, um, that's one of the things that we're looking to try and model and get back on the road with, of just trying to just fund this whole thing and make it easier for people to come to an event, you know, cause these days flights are at minimum like three fifty, no matter where you go. So it's like, you're spending $600 to get to us and we're going to make you buy your own hot dog. That kind (laughs) of sucks. You know, yeah. Um, our prospect was very excited about the the Saturday night party. Um, a little bit backing up before the event, uh, our prospect Barney, who you you know, yeah. Um, his magnum exploded on him, and he needed to rebuild it. He was freaking the fuck out, and so um, I took some time, three days out of my my week, and I helped him rebuild the entire thing before the rally. So he got a bike. He got to ride the entire way through the, the rally and enjoy it up. And um, I got to, you know, look in the window of a, of a quinceanera at the YMCA with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I rode my maxi that I had built up from the ground up and it had like a 70, uh, had an Athena kit on it. And, um, the whole time I'd learned that just the pipe had cracked and broke, um, halfway through the Saturday ride, right. I broke down 
And then like two miles later, you broke down. And um, if I remember right, I just kind of chugged it as best I could with the pipe hanging over to the YMCA. We hung out for what, like two hours at, at that place yeah. just waiting for a chase that didn't show up. That that was like, that was, I still kind of wonder what the heck was going on with the chase on that. Cause there wasn't mm-hmm. that many people broke down. It was like, they're zigzagging back, like just going yep. order operations. Like, yep. and, but no, it was, I I'm glad cause we had great bonding. Ex- that was the longest 15 miles of my life. Yeah. No negatives on it. You know, no. we, we decided what was like, we're going to go the 15 miles. It's going to take us two hours to get that time. <laughs> but we're going to show up at this bar where everybody's at yeah. and we get there. Everybody's gone. Yeah. Or no, they're just leaving. <laughs> they were gone, but you forget the hill. Yeah. Okay. I forget the hill. <laughs> the hill we uh, got to walk up and yeah, I was we got smoking to walk that up hot... part of the mountain. Yeah. 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 That was, that was rad. And I think we burned uh, half of half of both clutches. On that. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was, that was um, fun. In retrospect, we could have spent that two and a half hours just going back to Seattle. So, you know, but we got that. to we got to explore. You know, we we, yeah. we got that going for us. You know, yeah, got to see parts of Seattle we never would have saw otherwise, or maybe yeah. we would have. But <laughs> we're gonna lie and tell ourselves that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Seattle was great. Was good. Barbecue was great. Um, we should have gone. We should have gone to the little fair first. There was like a uh, like a Chinese American. Um, pride event mm-hmm. happening or like a awareness thing happening and there was like corn on the grill and some really yeah. nice food there yeah dude it was it was rad as hell um you forgot that i also dumped my bike on our little adventure because they had oh, these like right. curb divider things and like yeah i was probably sun baked and dehydrated a little bit and didn't make the well right they call, weren't so. perfect some no. of those those blockers were not straight and they were on the sidewalk. So it's very understandable that you uh, got, gave it the beans accidentally. Yeah. But know? you know, that did come out for good video footage later in the night. Um, when we had that dance party broke out at magic Dutch and also I'm working on a hobbit and I'm like, okay, that this, this seems about right. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Um, yeah. That was pretty fun. Yep. Somebody working the lights, doing some yep. seizure inducing work right there while you're grinding away. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been Sean who works at Treats. So, uh, yeah. What uh, what encouraged you to take the shirt off? Was it just so it hot? It got hot, dude. It got fucking hot. And, like, mm-hmm. I am not um, muscular or well-toned, and I don't care because I'm 40, and, like, I don't care. No, it just got hot, dude. Like, yeah. And then I just kind of rocked the shirt shirtless the rest of the night because it was a beautiful night. Yeah, that's fine. You do what yeah. you got to do. Um, I, I was the fire that was getting thrown on me. Kind of, you know, a shirt would have helped. Like, I yeah. got fire kissed. I wasn't like on fire. I was fire kissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys, like you said, you had to take off early. Uh, and I didn't, I'm kind of bummed out because, like, I didn't get to chit chat with your partner that much uh, that weekend. Like, super nice person, super rad. Like, we had sat at breakfast um, after Baker's with her a bit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you got. 
She, yeah, what a you, babe you two are you two are rad together. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I I uh, I think that she's the one that that keeps the whole thing together. I'm just the the asshole that can you know put a screw in a wall. Um, but yeah, she's she's great. We're actually uh, we're tying the knot next year in September. Awesome, um, dude! Congratulations. Thank you. We're gearing up for that. Um, we just recently moved into a house. Like we didn't buy it. We were going to buy it, but then, you know, um, the fed decided that, you know, 6% interest rate was a really great starting point for a new homeowner. Yeah. That's so uh... we had to back, back out of that a little bit. Um, but we ended up renting this really big, like three bedroom house for a really good price. And so, um, in, in one sense, it's going to be perfect for rally season because mm-hmm. like, we can just have people stacked on top of each other in the basement and we can Heck house yeah. the whole, the whole party. Um, but yeah, we got a place and you know, we've got spare rooms. Now I've got like a dedicated garage really to just turn into a, a real greasy piece of shit these days. <laughs> um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, um, and we got our, our kitty cat. Nice. Um, Cats are always welcomed on the podcast. <laughs> and he is, uh, he's sleeping on a heat pad. I th- nice. we think that he got into some, uh, some trash recently ah. and got a case of the shits quite a bit. <laughs> That's always fun when animals are sick. Cause they can't really tell you. They just kind of mope around a little bit and you're like, right. What's going on, bud? Yep. Yep. But no, dude, mm-hmm. that's a bummer about the cat. Um, so, after Seattle, uh, you started your business. Like, what's mopeding been like for you in this uh, fall to winter time? Do you, are you still getting out and riding, or like, what's that? I I saw your clubs deal on Instagram, which looked your um, cutter Thanksgiving, or what do you guys call it? Cutters giving. Yeah, we did that on Sunday. Yeah, that was nice. Um, for me, I have really stepped back intentionally. Um, I was the the captain for more than four years and was like the point person in all of the drama and the issues. And also like the person that just had to, you know, keep the club alive. Um, he had to read all the chats and at a certain point, you know, um, my, my partner was getting really mad because like all I would do was just moped talk and mm-hmm. notification mopeds. Um, so I stepped down and I became sep- secretary several months ago and um, I've kind of intentionally stepped back so that I could just let other people step into the leadership roles, let other people sort of experience the club on their own terms and not really try and drive it in the way that, that I would want the club to be. Um, it's been really nice to not have to show up to every weekly ride mm-hmm. and um, just sort of be a resource and an ear for people. Um, I fully intend on coming back when it gets a little bit warmer and I get this, this dumb truck fixed and all the other things that's going on in life. Um, but I haven't, I can happily say that I haven't done really any rides recently. (laughs) Um, it's been nice, but, um, still there, still doing it right on. What's your go-to bike right now though? Is it's, it the Maxi from Seattle or do you got something else? Yeah, it's still the Maxi. It's still the Maxi. I've got some motorcycles that I pretty much ride when I'm when I'm at home mm-hmm. because um I've gotten to the point where I'm I'm tired of going like um a half hour away from my house and then the intake gasket pops off. 
Yeah. Um, it's there's not enough street lights to to cut those. I got mm. really good at it, but it's just <laughs> annoying to do it. So like I just ride my motorcycle um, on the weekly events. We'll do you know mopeds when it's actually game time, like a, an event. Um, we had uh, we had a Halloween party over at Kristen's recently. Awesome. That was a lot of fun. We did karaoke. Um, I think that was probably the latest night I've ever spent out with the club. Um, <laughs> really making myself feel old, but like I left at like three thirty or something. Dude, that's um, uh, yeah. You made it longer than I probably I could have. Like, it doesn't matter where I'm at, dude. Midnight, I'm tapped. I'm like, okay, Grandpa Jim's got to go to bed now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, especially if you have like a quiet place to come back to, mm-hmm. or you're not like hammering down the mushrooms um, <laughs> really late at night. Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. That's it sounds like you got a good. Ba- you, you're kind of trying to find that balance with everything in mopeds. I think that's something I can struggle with at a points, like because like this end of the summer, dude. I didn't do shit. Like I yeah. barely rode like, and now it's just a little Baker's burnout, little, you know, life changes and whatnot. But like the last month and a half, the last, like all I want to do is ride in October and mm-hmm. black pipes kind of re rejuvenated my love again. Like, and that's, that's what I love about mopeds. You can totally refall in love with the, with everything about it, with a certain ride. And that mm-hmm. happened to me. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how that happens. You know, you just have a, a nice ride with people or you go through some alleyway or some some random person points their gun at you as you're driving by <laughs> and you're just like, shit, yeah, this is mopeds. <laughs> you know. Um I remember one night my my exhaust pipe just fucking broke off and uh I had to borrow somebody's uh belt. I just strapped it to the to the bike in my seat. It was a great night, you know. Yeah. Um, people flip off their bikes. Great night. You know, yeah. had one of the oldest members, um, come out. They hadn't done it in years. They flipped over their head going, uh, up, a uh, a, a mall parking structure. Mm-hmm. Mopeds. It's a great night. <laughs> yeah. No bad time in mopeds. I'm telling yeah. you. But, um, um, yeah, to that, to that sort of idea that you, you're mentioning there, it is interesting to see how feelings change over seasons, over years. Um, I've been sort of slowly reflecting on my sort of feelings about mopeds and feelings about the scene. In the beginning, I was just sucking everything up. When I became the captain, I was of this mode where like, you know, yeah, it's mopeds all the time. And, you know, why aren't people showing up every single week? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, as I'm getting older, getting slower and tireder and stepping back in my role, I'm now being like, okay, I understand uh, the the aunts and uncles, why they only come out seasonally. You know, it mm-hmm. makes total sense. You got other shit going on in your life, and that's totally okay. You know, um, at the end of the day, it's it's sort of uh, the scene is, to some respect, uh, a family that you can choose to stay in. Um, you can go away and come back, and you're still family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things I really appreciate about the scene and. Um, more specifically that that group of friends that we've cultivated over the Baker's dozen race. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um he said he said it about right, dude. Like I, I can't try to articulate it any better than what you just said. Like I still the shit still gets me though. I'll say that. Like mm-hmm. I was just in 
I got my shop all kind of squared away the way I wanted. I was looking at my bikes and I probably sat in my shop for like 20 minutes, just looking at shit, just smiling. And <sighs> I just fucking love my, I, I want to go ride on Saturday. It's going to be 50 degrees. Like I, the last ride I really did this fall was mm-hmm. with Steve from the casserolers. And like, it was just so much fun, dude. Like I just lucky you 50 degrees. Heck yeah, dude. That's, but it's a Minnesota weatherman. You can only take that with like a 20% chance. It might actually happen. So, uh-huh. um, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But no, dude, yeah, I feel you, gotta... you. I will, I will st- spend hours standing out in my garage too. Just staring at all my shit. Yeah. Really? No reason. Just the, no. the fact that it's, it's mopeds and it's, you know, it's the feeling that you get mm-hmm. just being out there. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to more than one person that like, I always talk, talk about that ride, like touching the sky where everything's right. It can actually mm-hmm. happen in your shop too. Like, just like, I'm happy. That's my happy yeah. place. Um, no, dude, I, I'm bummed out. I can't make it to your rally. Uh, I hope to see you possibly at, um, the land squids, uh, or maybe even get some of you guys out to a Midwest rally. I'm not sure what's going on anywhere. I know I'll be going to zeros when they mm-hmm. have theirs. Um, Chad Burke's building gather. Uh, I can't thank everybody enough for listening to second chance moped podcast. Don't forget to like, listen, subscribe, give us a five star wherever you listen to it. Um, and I've been getting a lot of traffic in the email. So if you want to email me questions, want to be a guest, whatever second chance pod at Gmail and our second chance moped second chance pod at Instagram. Um, you'll figure it out. I'm all over. Andrew, do you want to shout out your uh, handles where people can go for your business? Yeah, I want to shout out two things. So um, okay. you can find me at Honest Moto um, on Instagram, Honest Moto website, all that junk. Um, my personal accounts, Music Horde, if you want to see my cat um, or the, uh, the engagement photos. Um, I also want to shout out Jesse Stevenson's website, Serious Blasters. Yes. Um, we didn't even talk about that. It's a great website. Um, well, let's talk about it for a bit, dude. We, I'm not, I, sometimes I get a feeling when things are kind of wrapping up, but we can open this shit back up, dude. We got 20 more hours. No, I'm joking. But like <laughs> Jesse is uh, another one. I can sit there and just kind of listen. Like he's kind of got a Rigsby ism to him. Like, uh, you got to have breakfast with him in Kansas city. At this, yep. We tried, tried going to one place. It was closed, went to another place. Um, yeah, Jesse's a real nice and genuine individual. Such a sweet man. When you really get down to the one-on-one, like in a group setting, he can be just as snappy and punchy as everybody else. Yep. And he can say some shit that really cuts it, you know, <laughs> cause like, um, he's got the, the moped knowledge to really just be like, uh, yeah, your, uh, your engine is, uh, it's overboard Garbage. too much. You've got, yeah. you've got an air leak right there or, you know, you you have your pipe on backwards you know yeah. keep talking shit you know yeah um yeah he's that's a, one thing i fell in love dude. with jesse right away like he, he'll 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 punch he, he's punchy and i yeah. like that i like people like that like because i can be like that as well like i'm like especially like you said he's got the knowledge to back it up as well yeah when you get on those one-on-one levels and you you get into a topic that he's really interested in um, yeah, he'll go into it for a long ass time as much as you're willing to handle it, but it's all mm-hmm. like very informative and cuts to the core of like what you need to know. 
um, he had, he had taught this, like tried to teach this mopeds 101 class, um, and, um, had created this like little manual for people to learn how to get started on mopeds and like what tools you need and, you know, what, what the idiosyncrasies are with each different moped brand and like how to fix these common little things. Um, I took after that a little bit and, uh, I think like two years ago, no, probably a year ago, I actually did a venture where I wanted to learn how to tune a PHBG for once and for all. And it took me like six months trial and error and all that stuff. And at the end of it, I made like this, this like 17 page manual on how to tune your PHBG mm-hmm. and, um, ended up teaching a class on it over at Sabatino's vintage shop, teaching a couple of people how to, to turn, tune their bike and learn about all the components of it. Um, and I owe most of that like starter knowledge to Jesse, cause he's mm-hmm. just like, all right, put this jet in there, put the slide in there, put this needle in there. Let's go take it down the street. Mm-hmm. takes it back. All right, let's change it. And, um, he really takes the time out to, to help people that he feels like are worthy of, of his time. Um, mm-hmm. and so, um, big shout out to, to his website, serious blasters. Um, let me see if I have, do I have the exact website? It's srsblastersonly.com. Okay. Um, if you want to latch on and see that, that PHBG guide, it's on his site. Um, along with a shitload of other really good, uh, blog items that he's been working on. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, and again, Jesse is still helping out new people and giving back. I can say he's doing that at the Hickory Moto down in Kansas city right now, helping out some young kids down there, which is awesome to see. Um, yeah, Je- like I said, Jesse's super nice, super red guy, real punchy. And I like that. Like I like mm-hmm. punchy people. Um, so I think yeah. for him, it's always been a challenge, like being up in the Northwest and not having the access to all the, the mediums, the people and the materials. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, over the next years, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that some, some serious blaster shit's going to pop out, you know, with him being in the Mecca of everything, having yeah. all the access to his, his friends and his networking connections and, you know, the machining skills that he already has to produce, you know, those, those um, intakes that he's got um, mm-hmm. and all the other cool shit that he's been machine shopping. I want him to start producing those boxes for the HBI. Um, yeah. Cause dude, everybody breaks those ears off them. Like absolutely. Yeah. It's a game like, changer. Yeah, dude. And I, <laughs> when we had breakfast, like I, and for me in mopeds, I know there's no money in it. So I mm-hmm. honestly, people, I never expect anything free. So like when I'm talking about a product, I'm like, do you have any, like I, I go, Jesse, I'm not asking for free. Like I'll buy them for me. Like, mm-hmm. so no, dude, those, those are super clutch, super awesome. Um, he didn't have any available at that point. He's going to change stuff. I might be misquoting, but yeah, he's some of that stuff. And like his, ZA pucks he came out with, I guess are really great. And yeah, I haven't had a chance to try them. Um, I need to actually, it's a good reminder. I need to ask him about those. Um, yeah, you would have, you would have thought that those, uh, people that made the HPI coil would have put like a little bit of a metal tang in there on that, no. but it didn't. Jesse came out with a little, uh, slip and grip sleeve for it. And now it's never going to come off. Yeah, dude, that's really rad. Um, and yeah, I got to, I can't wait to get down to Kansas city a few times this year to go ride with him and Mar- Marie's my friends down there. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Kansas City, if you ever get the opportunity, people, Kansas City is so much fun to ride. It's it's weird because it's not like a Seattle where you're like, it's weird. It's awesome. It's still one of my favorite cities to ride in other than like Minneapolis, St. Paul. Seattle's rad. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm, I can't pump it up enough. Like I, I can't talk about stuff that I, I'd be out of hand. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, like, yeah. Thanks for bringing up Jesse's stuff. He's uh again, willing to give back, willing to teach really rad guy. Um, And want to shout out your, um websites one more time for everybody uh that was honestmoto.com all right thank you and everybody knows all my junk by now so andrew i can't thank you enough for coming on second chance moped podcast and don't forget my guy mopeds are dumb take care man see ya bye